Hey everyone. Today I want to talk about angel investing. Lots of founders are trying to raise pre-seed or seed rounds and don't really understand exactly how angel investing works. And of course, lots of successful founders and business people, folks with a little bit of disposable money, are interested in getting into angel investing, but don't really understand how it works. So I'm creating a series of episodes on the fundamentals of angel investing, targeting angel investors. So I'll be speaking directly to the prospective investors, but I think the content in here will be really helpful for founders in understanding the mindset and processes behind angel investing. I hope it'll make it much less of a mysterious process. Welcome to Feel the Boot, the science of startups. I have been an angel investor since 2012. I'm on the board of directors of my local angel group and chair our selection committee, which means I'm the person in charge of determining which companies make it through to present to the group. And I want to help you understand how angel investing works and how to get started in that whole process. Today, we're going to start off with just an overview of what is angel investing? Angel investing is individuals investing their own money into startups. So this is not a fund. This is not a venture capital. These are individual, typically high net worth individuals who are making personal investments into the startups based on their own judgment of whether this company is going to be successful. Traditionally, you needed to have a lot of money. Uh, in normal angel investing, $25,000 is often the minimum check size accepted. Sometimes you'll see 10. Often you'll see 50 or 100,000 as the minimum check size, which excludes a lot of people. But with the advent of crowdfunding and syndicates, it's suddenly been possible to get involved in angel funding at a much more modest level. So many of these vehicles allow you to invest one or a few thousand dollars, less than five, and some kinds of crowdfunding even allow you to get in at just a couple hundred dollars. So it really has democratized. One of the interesting things about angel investing is that because you're making an investment of your own money, you don't have a fiduciary duty to anyone else, you can choose whatever criteria for investing you want, which means it isn't always only about the returns. Although I recommend it be a lot about the returns or you're not gonna be an angel investor for very long, but you may choose to focus on things that have environmental benefits or health benefits or tie to some particular kind of uh, geography or medical situation, whatever it is you want to focus on, that can sort of be a thumb on the scale in favor of those deals as opposed to companies that don't meet your personal interests and passions. As an angel investor, you are buying a piece of the company. And so it's really just exactly the same as buying stock in the public stock market where you're buying a piece of the company, except in this case, you're probably buying a much larger piece of the company. But if you're buying some shares of Apple right now, you're probably getting 0.0000001% of the company. Whereas when you're investing in a startup, you actually might be getting a couple percent of the company. If it's a big investment, maybe 10, 20, 30% of the business in exchange for your investment. But 
it's not liquid. In almost all cases, you can't sell it. They're beginning to be some secondary markets out there, but they really only exist for companies that are already fairly down the path and being successful. The pre-stage, you're pretty much locked in whether things go well or bad for the long haul, probably five to seven years. So there's a big difference from the ordinary stock market. Now, when you invest, you might get stock and typically preferred stock, which is again a difference to the conventional stock market. As an angel investor, you always want to get preferred shares. They provide some additional protection to you as an investor. But in many cases, especially in the pre-seed rounds, you might not be actually investing to get stock. You're gonna to invest to get something that turns into stock. And so that'll be a convertible note or a safe. Both of these are investments that allow you to sort of hand wave all of the complicated negotiation of terms, basically focusing on just the valuation. And then at some future time in a later round, you get to convert into the stock and piggyback off all of their negotiations. So if you're in a pre-seed, you're probably buying something that converts. Later rounds, usually getting uh, preferred stock, but these rules are not hard and fast. You see convertibles later and you see pre-seeds uh, selling hard stock, but it's important to think through the implications of that when you're making your investment. As an angel, you get paid when a company exits. So when it either IPOs, which is rare, or when it is acquired, much more common outcome. Either of these can be great results for you as long as the valuation is high enough. But that means that the company you invest in as an angel has to be driving towards and exit at a high valuation in a reasonable amount of time. And that actually doesn't describe most companies. So if you've got some relative who wants you to come in and invest in their car wash franchise or whatever it is, that really isn't a conventional angel investment because that car wash franchise is highly unlikely to turn into a 500 million or billion dollar company uh, and provide an exit opportunity. So if someone's planning to start a business that they're gonna run for the long term, that can still be good investment, but it really isn't an angel investment. And the kind of structures that I'm gonna talk about in terms of angel investing don't work there because there isn't a reasonable time frame to an exit event where you get paid. If you're just buying stock, you only get paid in an exit. Angel investing is incredibly high risk, especially when you look at it on an investment by investment basis. Typical statistics are that between 80 and 90% of the companies you invest in will fail to return even your initial investment. A large fraction will go to zero. Some fraction will return a little bit. Maybe there's an aqua hire and the founders get hired off and a little bit of money comes back to the initial investors. But most of the times it's a wash. Uh, you're also gonna be locked up for a long time. So the typical time frame is five to seven years for any given investment. So if you're thinking about angel investing, it's important to think about the pool of money you're gonna set aside for this activity because you're not gonna have access to it for a long time and you need to be comfortable losing it if that's the way things fall out. At the same time, angel investing has incredible upside. In general, you don't even want to look at deals where you can't see a path to making at least 20 times your money. 50 is much better, and the best angel investments out there return 
thousands of times your initial investment. If you got in on the ground floor of someone who's going to become a unicorn or a decacorn, the returns can be fantastic. That's why you're in the game. In fact, it is a statistics game. Those winners have to produce really well and have the potential to produce really well to offset all the losers that you're likely to invest in. I mean, at some level, the perfect investment strategy would be to pick one company have it be ins and be right about that one company being insanely successful. However, to date, we haven't really found any people with this ability to have psychic foreslot to only invest in the winners. So you need to take a broader look and make sure that all of your investments working together can work out for you. As an angel, most of the companies you're going to invest in are very early stage. So when you're at the pre-seed or seed stage, these companies are pre-revenue or very early revenue. Uh, they may just have an MVP or a prototype. Some companies start trying to raise angel on just the idea stage or very early prototype versions of the product. Most angels will not invest in those companies and I recommend against it. The risks are yet another factor higher for those extremely early stage companies. And that's usually the realm of the friends and family investor. People who are investing in the company because of the founder more than the business, right? You want to help your nephew or your friend or your roommate because you believe in them, you believe in the business and you have some insight into their character as a full-time or, or semi-professional angel investor, you're typically going to want to see people be a little farther along. But still, in the life of a company, super small, super early stage, there might only be a founder or a couple of co-founders in the company, and they're just beginning to get that product out there. They probably haven't hit product market fit like, uh, yet. For angel, we're typically looking at valuations, uh, between one and $10 million these days with the recent inflation, sort of creeping up maybe to as high as 15 million, but fairly modest compared to the kind of numbers you see thrown away for the thrown around for the companies that are getting media coverage. As an angel, you really want to be investing in the company to fuel polishing or improving the product and generating growth. Uh, helping the company explode. Usually you want to avoid investing in proving out the technology and running science experiments. Again, the risks get too high. You want the founders to have done the groundwork and all of those science experiments and validated what they're doing, at which point you give them the cash they need to actually execute on that and make it go big. A final aspect of angel investing is the opportunity to get involved in the startup. If you buy stock in a public company, your involvement in that company is effectively zero. I guess you get to vote your proxy shares in the uh, shareholder meetings, but you really have no influence whatsoever and they don't care what you think. With an angel investment, you're putting in a meaningful chunk of money into the company, potentially less so with crowdfunding rounds, and often the company is looking for the angels to be involved and bring value beyond the money that they're putting into the company. And that can often be much of the pleasure of angel investing. I've often described angel investing as most of the fun of running the startup without 100-hour work weeks and continuous existential dread. You get to be playing in that game and at cocktail parties you can talk about the cool things that you've been involved in with the companies that you're investing in, but at a slight remove. You don't need to be in the trenches with them, but still you can be very helpful and make a substantial difference to the odds of success 
of that company with your experience, networks, uh, you know, direct hands-on help from time to time with things where you have a skill set that maybe they lack at the moment and don't have the money to hire in just yet. In the next couple of episodes in this series, I'm going to talk about how to get started as an angel investor and go into a little more detail on the economics of angel investing and exactly how that works out and how those realities influence the way you should be thinking about making angel investments. Thanks for watching this episode. I hope you found it useful and interesting, whether you're a potential angel investor or a startup founder. Please, if you enjoyed this, give it a like, subscribe, ring that bell. It helps a huge amount. Make sure you'll see those next episodes in the series. If you're a founder, I encourage you to join the Field of Boot Founders Alliance. It allows you to network with other founders. If you're an angel, you might enjoy hanging out there too. Gets you a chance to meet some of the other founders and interact a little bit, although it really is a space designed for them. If you're a founder and you need help with your startup, don't hesitate to sign up for the Field of Boot Bootprints mailing list. You'll get a link to be able to get office hours with me. I can help you out with any issue you may be running into. And I'll even extend that to angels. If you're just getting into angel investing and you've got questions about what that process is like, go ahead, join the mailing list. I'd be happy to talk to you about it. Trying to, it's always good to grow the community of angel investors. Until next time, ciao.